Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks today where we believe that true life and peace of mind comes through a growing relationship with Jesus. We want to let you know that we are in the midst of a series called Ready Enough and we understand that every next step with God is going to be involving some risk and some oftentimes we might say, you know, we're not ready to do that. Well, we believe that you are. You're always ready enough when you got the Holy Spirit and the power of God behind you. And so we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's talk in our series Ready Enough. You are ready enough. That's what we want you to realize and understand. By the time we get done with the four weeks in this series, we want you to know that you are ready enough. And so hopefully over the course of this series, you're able to in your mind and the way you think about God and even how you read scripture, that you begin to feel inside of you the strength, the courage, the endurance to move forward and take a step however that means for you towards Jesus. And so, but the thing is, in our own hearts and our minds, sometimes we feel that we're never going to be 100% ready. But the thing that about all of this is that great things are going to take risk. When we want to take a step of faith, when we want to take a leap or do something out of the ordinary of our own maybe character or something that's different than what we've always done in the past, it's going to take risk. It's going to take faith. And so what we want to do over the course of this series is talk about how we can trust and depend on God, realize that He's prepared and equipped us to do amazing and great things for Him and how we can kind of change our mentality, as Thad said last week, from a ready, set, go mentality where we kind of like maybe get stuck on the ready stage and turn around and be more of a mindset of go set ready where we can just say you know what I'm gonna take a step today I might not feel as I'm as prepared as I'd like to be but I know the faith that I have in Christ and I know the way that he's empowered me and so today that's really what we're gonna be talking about is this this like all the ways that God has empowered us and the ways that he has sent his spirit to live, reside inside of us so that we can be powerful, ultimately. And so we're going to talk about that today. But last week, if you weren't here last week, we talked about just a really quick talk. We had uh, just a cool family Sunday last week where we did, you know, a baby dedication. And then at the end of service, we did baptisms. And so it was a great service of just being together. And so Thad quickly just talked about how we have dreams that God has for us and how we can join God in those dreams, but also how sometimes we might feel like we don't have a dream or how we can do that. And so one of the things that I kind of gained from that is that we can join a, join a dream to gain a dream. That there's other people, that there's other things that God is doing that you can join onto, and then that becomes your dream. And so we're going to be just continuing that and how we can step forward in faith to see those dreams happen. And so we, even when it comes to our relationships with God and the per pursuit of his kingdom, Thad mentioned last week, he talked about the kingdom of God and how we need to pursue it and go after it. We can kind of get this feeling of inadequacy where we can say, you know what, like that's great for you, Jesus, it's great for you, God, to like challenge, you know, all of your believers to follow you. But in the moment, in my personal life, how does that come down to how I'm living my life? And so we can kind of get this thing, when it be, we begin to think that it depends on us, we get this inadequacy in ourselves that just says, you know what, I'm not ready for this. I'm not quite prepared to go forward. But the problem is, is that when we get stuck on feeling like then we have to be ready, then that robs us of the moment. It robs us of our pursuit of Him, and it robs us of our pursuit of His kingdom. 
We can't let worry, stress, and our needs related to our present circumstances take priority over what is spiritual and ultimately like take over for our relationship with Jesus. In Matthew 6, there's a passage of Scripture where Jesus talks about just this mentality. He says that though, when we worry about our possessions, about our needs, and even our money, when we let that worry rob us, it robs us of our today, it robs us of our tomorrow, and our future. And ultimately, it robs us of our pursuit of God's kingdom. But then Jesus says this, and he kind of tells us this to put us into all perspective and to help us have the right priority on things. He says this in Matthew 6, 33. He says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And so there's two kind of separate mentalities I think we have a lot of times in today's culture. And so I want to kind of explain, because this is going to kind of come back over and over today, is that oftentimes I feel like we look at our lives and our relationships with Jesus, and we look at our own personal lives, and we look at the circumstances that we're in, and we want to separate those two things. We want to say, you know what, I have my life over here. You know, all of those are full of circumstances that are unique to who you are. So they might be things that are involving you personally, your family, the way you were raised, the way that the job you have, the relationships you have with your friendships, with your coworkers. And so we, we kind of pile all these things that is our life. And then, you know, however this happened for you, your, your journey of faith, we get this relationship with Jesus. And so oftentimes we might say, you know what, I have my life over here, and then I have this Jesus thing over here, and like, I'm just going to live my life that way, kind of in this dichotomy where they're going to be separated, and they're going to be different from, you know what just happened? Someone texted me, and I got this message, did you hear it ring? This is so embarrassing because I like purposely do not sync up my iPad with this. And so for whatever reason, it does this. So I apologize. This is really rude. (laughs) And I never wanted to be that guy, and I became that guy. And so (laughs) we're going to talk about God's redeeming power today. And so, man, that makes me so mad when that happens. So anyway, what I was saying is we kind of like to separate our lives, and we have our lives over here, and then we have our pursuit of Christ and our pursuit of Jesus over here, and we say, you know what, I'm good with that. I'm going to worship God on Sundays, maybe for a one-hour time period of my life, and then I'm going to go back and do my own thing. And for, for all intents and purposes, people make it through life like that, and it's totally fine and great. But I think Jesus and God calls us to more than that. And what he's saying there in Matthew 6.33 is that you should seek the kingdom above all else. That it should be your top priority, your number one thing, and then everything else, let it fall into place. But that's easier to say, to just say as a concept than it is to actually walk out and practice. Because Jesus came and he showed us the example of how to do it. And his example, let's just be honest, is really challenging. He came to announce the kingdom of God and that it's here. And so this unspiritual, sometimes we think about these unspiritual and worldly things. And then we realize that Jesus is coming to the scene and he's saying, you know what? It's all spiritual. Everything you do is spiritual in a sense. 
And so through Jesus, the unspiritual things that we think in our minds and the spiritual things of God's kingdom are coming together. They're being sandwiched. And it's just like a beautiful thing when it comes together. This is what faith is all about. Where we can say, God, I'm taking everything about me and I'm merging it with who you are in your kingdom. And I'm going to have this relationship with you. And let's just see where that takes us. That's exciting stuff. That's a faith that I want to be a part of. It's through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the sending of his Holy Spirit that we experience this intersection, this faith in who he is, this seeking of the kingdom above all else. And so it's important for us as followers of Jesus to begin to understand what this intersection actually means for the way that we live our lives that he has empowered you, that he has strengthened you just through the moment of you choosing to follow him. And so Paul, when we read about author of uh, many books in the New Testament, he writes this letter to a group, a Christian church in the city of Ephesus. And this is in present-day Turkey. And so he's writing this letter to encourage unity among the non-Jews and the Jews that are there and says, you know what, let's just be Christians together and let's fight for unity because there's going to be things that are going to be trying to drag us from who Jesus is and let's not turn to paganism but let's hold and trust in who God is. And so we're going to read a passage in Ephesians 1 and just listen like you know I've just been challenged over the last week to just listen slowly and think about what the verses can actually mean for my life. And so let's listen as Paul kind of talks about our prayer for our church, but how we can apply it to our own lives as well. And so it says this in Ephesians 1, 15 through 18. And this is Paul speaking to them. It says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Other translations will say that he wants, or I'll, I'll, I'll explain after this. And then in verse 18, it says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And so what I wanted to say is that other translations will say that it's the uh, opening of the eyes of your heart so that you can know God better. And so I think Paul is just, he's hitting on something really important here, is that we can try and manufacture a relationship with Jesus. We can get in our Bibles. We should do that. We can pray. We should definitely do that. We can be in community with other people. We should definitely do those things. But if we're trying to do it to manufacture a relationship with Jesus, it's not going to happen. Because Paul says, I'm praying that God would reveal spiritual wisdom so that you can know him better, so that you can have knowledge of God. And so it's not this idea of like, I just need to, you know, download information into my brain and then suddenly I'm going to have a healthy and full relationship with Jesus. Paul's saying that there's something spiritual that has to happen. That's something that God has put in you the moment we choose to follow Jesus has to take spark and light a fire inside of us. That's going to say, you know what, I choose to follow Jesus and my life is changing because of it. Not because of all this knowledge and things that I'm downloading into my brain, but because 
It's the Spirit of God alive, living inside of me. And so it's really important that if we unpack what Paul is saying, he's, he wants them to grow in spiritual wisdom that will help them know God better. And he wants the eyes of their heart to be opened to see the hope and inheritance that they have in Jesus. This confident hope that we have in Jesus Christ to live our lives. You know, really, simply put, Paul is asking and praying that these people will grow in their relationship with Jesus. So that's what we kind of say here at Open Life, is that we want to be people who are leading people in their growing relationship with Jesus. And so, like, the pastors and leaders of Open Life are actually constantly praying this, that you here, everyone, would learn what the confident hope that we have in Jesus and what it means as the inheritance we have for our very lives. And so last week, when we baptized people at Open Life, it's really simple to just look at it as a decision for people to raise their hands and to follow Jesus and then to be dunked in a pool of water. Those things are super unspiritual. If you just look at them as what they are, like someone raises their hands, I choose to follow Jesus, we we walk them over to the pool and dunk them in the pool. Nothing spiritual about that. But it's when we understand the symbolism and the instructions of God and when we enter, when we bring in prayer and add all these things together, is that something, like, I don't want to say magical because it's not magic. It's actually the Spirit of God dwelling in this place amongst everyone that's here joining together to celebrate the moment of baptism and people choosing to follow Jesus. It's something that is so spiritual, but something that if we're not careful, we can be distracted just by the mundane, the unspiritual things that we're focusing on. And so I just, we, we cut up all the video from last week and wanted to shoot, if you weren't here, if you were here, let's celebrate by watching this video of the baptisms from last week. Somebody is identifying themselves with Christ and confessing that, you know, he did die and raise again for us. And it's the symbolism of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We're here with this opportunity to uh, celebrate this with these five today that are really going public with their faith. And uh, it's a beautiful moment. We celebrate here. So it's in those moments we can you want to clap because that's awesome. <laughs> So it's in those moments where we realize this actual very real spiritual aspects that we can celebrate people changing their very lives to follow Jesus. I think that's what we... (laughs) I'm like, I ran a 10K yesterday and I got real tired and I'm like, feel like I'm like emotional today for some reason because I didn't get any sleep last night. But anyway... um, It's like when we realize that the spiritual aspect of these simple things, that it actually was super important that each and every one of you that were here last week were able to join 
in that moment. And yeah, we can share it on a screen, but there's actually something that is super spiritual that you miss if you're not there in the moment to celebrate with those people. And so the big idea today that we want to hit on is that you are already ready. In our relationships with God, in whatever God has called you to, the dream that's inside of your mind that we talked about last week, you are already ready to pursue that thing. And we're going to explain why. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've taken the step to put your faith, trust, and life into Him, then you are equipped for what's next in your life. And so the wonderful thing about our relationship with Jesus is that there's always something more to pursue. There's never a moment where I can come up here and say, I'm the ultimate follower of Jesus and I have arrived. And some of you already knew that I haven't because I'm wearing a Packers jersey. And so you already think I'm in sin and, you know, just running from God's plan for my life. But the truth is, no matter what team you associate or you affiliate with, when we're talking about Jesus and our pursuit of him, there's always a next step. There's always something more that God wants to give to you. There's always something more that God wants to impart into you. And so I think that's what we need to realize is that sometimes we can get into cruise control. The minute we kind of follow Jesus and we say, you know what, I'm good. I'm, I'm in my Bible daily. I'm doing, I'm praying, and I'm going to church on a consistent basis. And I'm, I'm hitting the mark. So I've, I've arrived. And what I want to challenge you, yeah, you are doing great. I want to spur that on inside of you and fan that flame. But there is more. There is more that we can do. It's because when we're going to read verses like the next passage of Scripture, right after that we just read in Ephesians, you're going to realize that I think there's more that we can do and pursue because of the way that God has empowered us. And so let's jump into that next part. It's Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. Paul continued on and said, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, and this is my favorite part, or anything else. He's far above that. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. And like when you read those stuff, you kind of realize, yeah, there is more that I can be pursuing. And so our first thought today is that God's power is our power. And the thoughts that we're going through today are really for us to just recognize and understand the ways that God has equipped us. That we really are ready. We are ready enough that we are already ready. And so God's power is our power. We are ready because you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And so if you think about that, if you walk that out and what that really means— at a moment, if, you're, if you've chosen to follow Jesus here and you're you've, you going to say, I have a relationship with Jesus, you think about that time where you said, you know what, I choose to follow him. Sometimes you might say, I invited Jesus into my heart or Christ into my heart. There's different ways of saying it, but basically that moment where you said, you know what, I'm letting Jesus be the Lord of my life and I'm going to follow him. Think about it, what it took you to make that decision. 
Think about it, what it took for you to say that you came to the point where you said, Jesus, I believe you lived. I believe you died. And I believe that God raised you back to life three days later and you ascended into heaven. And I believe you sent your Holy Spirit. If we can come to a decision to make that decision in our lives and say, you know what, my life is going to turn from there. It's going to change from that moment. When you read a verse that Paul just, we just read that Paul says, that same power that got you to believe that is actually now living inside of you to live your life in relationship with him. And that's, to me, that's incredible to think about. Is that the same power that I have put my whole faith and trust in is actually now that same power that has been imparted back into my life so that I can go and love people to live like Jesus did and to just see what these dreams that we talked about last week, to join the dream that God has for my life. And even Ephesians, the two passages right before this, Paul talked about what the Spirit means. And he said in Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, he was saying, and now you Gentiles, and so that's all of us, any non-Jews, then that's a Gentile, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. God's power is our power living inside of us to guarantee that we are his. So that when we sing a song like Mandy introduced to us today about when you were just saying, you say, I am loved, and I don't know all the words, I do, I like them. But uh, when you, we can say those things, and in those moments, we can actually mean what they mean. So that we can say, God, when I feel like a failure, I know that you are inside of me telling me who I actually am in Christ. The confident hope that we have in Christ. God's power is our power. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he then descended his power upon each and every follower of Jesus. And so we read in Acts, if you open up the book of Acts and you read about all these things, all these acts of what the church, the early church did as a response to the power that they now had in him. You see healings. You see them joining together and just miracles happening. These crazy spiritual experiences erupted out of the early church because they understood this intersection between what we think is worldly and what God knows is all there the whole time. And that's the arrival of the kingdom of God. And so we have that opportunity if we would just live with that in our own lives. And so now, as a carrier of the kingdom of God, does that change my mentality and the way that I think about my own relationship with Jesus, about growth? Do I realize that there is more, that there's more that I can pursue? Does it at all change the way that I'm going to pray this week when I realize that I have the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead in the prayers that I'm praying for other people? Thought two is that Jesus is above all things. Part of our confident hope in Jesus should come from knowing that God has put Jesus above all things. 
The verses was Ephesians 21 through 22. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. So, of course, as people reading this today, most likely we think about the authority and power of things in our own lives like government or the authority that you have over your family or the freedoms that we have and, or don't have and how we kind of mentally think about those things and process those things. Doesn't understanding that Jesus is above all other things change the way that we think about how we should live our daily lives and the, the structures and the places that we're living? And so we think about all of these like worldly structures, but Paul is actually talking about spiritual structures. He's saying that Jesus is above everything that has ever been worshipped. He is above every darkness. He's above every evil thing. When we start talking about Satan and thinking about just the mentality of that there is a whole darkness that is trying to come against the light that Jesus is pushing towards and that Jesus is above those things as well. It's a mentality that we have to have to understand that Jesus is above everything, not just our worldly structures, but also in the spiritual realm. And so I don't know um, what big thing you might be facing in your life. We all have circumstances related to our own lives, things that we're facing and walking through. But do we honestly approach every circumstance with an understanding that our Savior, that our healer, the one that we say is our source of life, is our greatest advocate, how are we letting that mentality that Jesus is above everything change the way we pursue things in our lives? where we face something and it's a trial and, you know, we worry and we get so stressed about all of these things. And then Jesus is there saying, you know what? I am here. You have the same power that raised me from the dead. It's inside of you. Now go forward. And so when we think about how we should use this power and process this power, and as it relates to Jesus, we have to have the same attitude of Jesus. And even Paul says this in Philippians 2. He says about Jesus' attitude that he, though he was God, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So a lot of what we just read in Ephesians is there in Philippians is that Jesus is above all things, but he was that way in a very specific way. And so oftentimes when you think about, and we're, the next thought, thought three is about the church, but before we get there, we oftentimes think about this power that we have as Christians and followers of Jesus to go and do whatever we want, you know, just name it and claim it. We get to, you know, just call upon the power of God to meet our selfish needs. And, and when you look at Jesus' example, why would we ever think that? Why would we try and do anything that is not for the glory of God our Father. And so we have this example through Jesus from the way he lived his life. He humbled himself. He could have taken on every aspect of God in human flesh, but he chose to forsake those things. He took on the death of a prisoner 
so that he could show the extent of his love for all of us. And so when we're thinking about that, when we're thinking about this power that's inside of us, this Holy Spirit, and how we get to start walking that out in our relationships with Jesus and those around us, we have to come at it with the humbleness and the idea that Jesus is the one where it comes from. That he's the example for how we are to live our lives. And so we turn to thought three because this is really important. Thought three is that the church is the expression of God's power. So going back to that Ephesians is that Ephesians verse is that Paul said that all of the power in Ephesians 1.23 and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Is that when we're talking about the expression of that power, it comes from the body. And so what do I mean by the body? I'm talking about the church. The church is his body. That can be, you can think of, let's think of it globally, is that every person who's alive right now that calls upon the name of the Lord for their strength, they're a part of the church. But then if we start zooming in a little bit, we have a church here in Bonnie Lake. It's called Open Life. Thanks for being here today. But we are here, there, and we are a church. We're a gathering of people who are saying, you know what, I've chosen to follow Jesus, and I want to know what life is supposed to be like as I'm following that. But what's really cool also, and what I really think Paul is understanding here, is that for you personally, when you're off on your own in your homes, in your workplaces, in your schools, you are a part of the church. And that maybe one of the ways that God fills all things everywhere with himself is through the people that have been changed by God, who have chosen to follow him, are now carriers of his kingdom and have the spirit of God, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is alive in you to go and be carriers of that kingdom power with wherever you reside. And so, yeah, we gather here on Sundays and we, we worship for an hour. We open up scripture and we read those things and we say, you know what, this is an awesome church. But you are an awesome church when you leave this place and you go and love other people and you make other disciples. We were at a church conference this week and something that really stuck with me and that is that the, this guy was talking about the, his church and they said their goal is to be, they said they want to be, their church wants to be a church that is a hub of generosity and kindness to each community. And so I, we were sitting there we're like, oh, that's like a really good way to explain what open life has been trying to be. Is that we are a hub of kindness and generosity to our community. And so we can sit up here and promote all the things open life does to, you know, be in the community. And those are all corporate things. They don't have like a face on them. What the, what, where power truly comes from is when we, the hub of kindness and generosity to our community, is the hub of generosity and kindness to our community when we're out there in our places of residence, in our neighborhoods where we live, in our families of that we're raising, in our, work, in our workplaces where we have a relationship with coworkers. God has empowered you to love other people. And so it's organizational, yes, but it's most importantly individual. You are already ready to be carriers of the kingdom of God. You carry that authority to the place of your dwelling. 
And so God is using the global church for all of his global means. He's using the individual churches that are gathering all across places in our country and world to do what he wants to do in those specific places, but he's also using you for a specific purpose that you have for the places where you reside. And so today, we want to end back right where we started in Ephesians 1.18. And just to read that over, Paul's prayer for this church in Ephesus is our prayer, all of our prayers for ourselves. That I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he, is call- to those he called. His holy people who are rich who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I pray that you are flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called. And so today, we don't have an action point. We don't have something we're challenging you to do, but we're have, we have a question that we want to challenge you to ask yourself. Is that are we living with the confident hope we have in Jesus? And I want you to do some self-diagnostic questions to actually think about this. Do the prayers that I pray signify, are they like weighty enough prayers for the, the power that I know I have? Do we pray for people when they're sick? Or do we just say, you know what, I'm praying for you. Do we look at needs in our friends or coworkers' lives and just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm, I feel really bad for you. I'm sorry you're going through this. But are we truly living our lives that says, you know what? I have the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead inside of me, and I'm going to pray for something. Do we have a dream for our community or our neighborhoods that is a God-sized dream that signifies the confident hope that we have in Jesus? You know, I was talking to that this week. It's like, how can we talk about this? You know, we, we really love the Big Give. We love to promote it. And we love to volunteer at it and give money to it. But sometimes you're like, we feed how many families one meal out of the year? Does that really signify the confident hope that we have in Jesus to see people's needs met? And so this can like quickly explode and become something huge and overwhelming when you start thinking about just real life applications for our own personal lives. But like, what about your marriage? What about your relationships with your friends? What about your re- just relationships with your coworkers, with your schoolmates, where you might say, you know what? They are a lost cause. They're never going to accept the love of Christ. You have the resurrecting power of Christ inside of you to speak life to dead places. And so Romans, so there's like a process though. It's like taking a hold of every opportunity we have. It's like when we come into this place at Open Life, realizing that when we worship together, it's not just this like, it's not just a 20 minute segment we're trying to take up space over a a service. You know, we intentionally and truly believe 
that when we come together to worship God, we're calling on God to meet us here in this place. It's taking advantage of opportunity that you have in your own life when you open up scripture, not just to check the box on you version to make sure you got your Bible reading plan done, but to actually read it and say, God, what are you speaking to me today? It's in our moments of prayer and in our own times of worship where we might say, God, I want to pray the prayer Paul just prayed over myself and I want you to release spiritual wisdom in my heart and I want you to reveal new things to me. And so this is like an important step we need to take today to just say, God, I invite you into this place and into my own life. That I want to experience this power in a new and a fresh and a deeper way. And so there's a few different things I want to point out to you. Read through the book of Acts if you want to know how this power is working. Read Romans 8. Paul talks about life by the Spirit. And there's just one verse I want to say, but Paul walks through this. Even when we don't know what to pray, he says the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf according to the will of God. And then he follows that with this verse in Romans 8, 28. And he says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And so when I think about just the idea of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that it's the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead, I just want to run after it and pursue it with all my might. And so sometimes we get overwhelmed. Sometimes we think that's going to be weird. You know, if you read those, those things in Acts, it can become weird. It talks about speaking in tongues and it's like different languages are going on. But like, wouldn't it be cool if we just pursued God today and that actually happened? Not because we manufactured a moment for something to happen, but because God was truly there and present. And we just said, God, you take hold of our lives today. Wouldn't it be cool if Open Life was a place where people came, wrote down their prayer requests on the Connect card, and people were actually healed because a prayer team joined together and believed that the resurrecting power inside of us is gonna heal someone in our church. Big things. And I'm not here, I'm not gonna like be ashamed if we say these things could happen and they don't, because I know that they can. I've seen them happen. And so I just want to encourage you, we're going to jump into worship and I'm going to get off the stage. And I think we should worship God with all of our hearts and all of our minds today and just say, God, what power do you have for us? We're going to sing a song and it's called Holy Spirit. Um, You probably heard it on the radio. And so I love this song because it's just about inviting God's presence. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what my heart longs for, to be overcome by your presence. And so whether you sit, whether you stand, I just want to encourage you to really pray those words and just say, God, fill me with your power. Just to ask for that. And instead of thinking of it as a physical place, and we're calling God into this room, actually think about this. When we sing those words, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here in my heart. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere of my life. That when I leave this place, I'm different. And that 
tomorrow when you're, you know, pulling up to your job and you pull out of the car, you can say it again. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And so I'm just going to pray quickly and let's just worship. Let's take time to just worship God, call on his power for things that are going on in our lives. God, we just thank you for this moment to come before you. We just ask God for your spirit's power to move deep inside of us, God. I pray that we would acknowledge the power that we have in you. The same power that rose Christ from the dead is alive in us. And so we claim that. We know that God has put Jesus above all things, above any power we could ever think or imagine. Jesus is above that. And God, we choose to be the church, the gathering of people that seek after you, to pursue you, God, in hopes that more people will come to follow you. And so that's our simple prayer today, God, just to ask for your power to be present, not only in this place on Sundays, but to be present in this place of our hearts every single minute and hour of our lives. And so we just offer this to you, this time to you in your name. Amen. Thanks once again for listening to today's talk in our series, Ready Enough. If you would like to uh, connect with us and engage with us, you can fill out a connect card by clicking the button below if you're listening online or watching online or using the Open Life Church app. Or you can always go to bit.ly slash olconnect to fill out a connect card there. And the staff and prayer team of Open Life would love to pray with any prayer requests that you have and you can fill that out on there as well. Well, we hope you have a great rest of your day and an incredible week. And then just want to remind you, we meet at Bonnie Lake High School each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. And so if you've never been to Open Life before, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. And so we hope you have a good one. Thanks again.